you are invited as we delve into the unhinged. Well, it ain't working now, Frank. the movie line. The grotesque. And the bizarre. Who calls me from out of the pit? Whether you asked for it or not. This is Late Night Psychorama. Lord Gore finally done their album. I remember, like after we saw them, they said, "We're, we're, we're you know, they're they're working hard on it." So. Yeah, they're, they're but they're they're finally actually going to the studio to do the recording in February. Okay, all right. So we got a good. It's uh, about fucking time. Yeah, yeah. That's the last Lord Gore has been what thirteen years. Yeah, because resecond was what two thousand five, I think. Right. Damn, I was in high school. I remember. Uh, I got it, and it had just come in the mail. The day before I left to go to New Orleans for vacation, so I had it with me my whole uh, trip in New Orleans, and uh, I walked around Mardi Gras listening to the new Lord Gore album. Hell yeah! Yep, I was drinking. Uh, I was picking up uh, people's leftover alcohol <laughs> because uh, I couldn't. You know, I was only nineteen, and um, just slurping up whatever. Yeah, and I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't either a catch something or b get like date raped. You're, you know, like somebody just left there. And um, what's this white thing floating in this one? Well, down the hatch. But I mean, like I was, I was careful about. It. I wasn't just like picking up random drinks. I was just like, I'd see people at like you know at a table, and I'm like, these look like clean people, you know. Like, and I'd see like you know, usually like if it was like a like a blonde white girl you know i was like in her early 20s i'd be like she's all right yeah. and she'd have like half a drink left now just guzzle that shit down and i picked up every like marty girl piece of like paraphernalia like uh the beads uh, there was like you know glow in the dark sticks and like a, i had a i had a sword it was like this like this like <laughs> vibrant sword like a neon sword or something. yeah my mom was with me and uh, i was really trash and she has a picture of me uh, <laughs> trying to direct traffic with this sword and uh, i'll bring it in if, if i find it. i'll have to ask her for it but it's like it's me and my like my denim vest with my autopsy back patch and just like totally trash just fat as fuck waving the sword around like the middle of traffic what was the other you're talking about i think last episode or maybe the one before that something about a picture you wanted to bring in where you're fat as fuck doing something funny. Oh, that was when I went, when I found Let's Scare Jessica to Death at yeah. the video. Yeah, store I, I want to see that picture <laughs> yeah. too. All right, all right, all right, kids. This is Late Night Psychorama. This is a little show the three of us have where we pick uh, two uh, obscure little horror movies and uh, discuss them uh, without any merit whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, we do too because we want to go back to the old uh, double feature format where people just seem to take two random movies that didn't fit together at all and play them. And uh, there will be spoilers, uh, banter. You know, you get the drift. It's a podcast. I'm pretty sure you're aware of the deal by now. Uh, if I was to describe this, I'd say imagine going to see one of these double features and then walking out and you're just listening to the three nerds that are standing outside in the lobby 
talking about horror movies. That's a, that's essentially the core of the show right there. I would say we're more like the three guys in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We usually do wait it out. Like the place <laughs> is usually pretty closed by the time we're leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I forgetting anything? I usually do. Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm Jonathan. I'm Joe. And what movies are we doing tonight, Joe? Tonight we are doing The Sorcerers. Intoxication with no hangover. Ecstasy with no consequence. See what you can come up with. Now on, we are going to control your mind. From time to time, we'll put thoughts into your head, and you will obey those thoughts. And we are doing Mansion of the Doomed. They told us death was the ultimate horror. They were wrong. <laughs> predicted that dreadful day how far I might have to go. I don't care. The only thing you'd better discover is a way to get rid of those people. Wait a minute. This isn't the way to Disneyland. You're heading toward the ocean. Catherine, no more! Some movies you watch, some you feel. You'll feel Mansion of the Doomed. Uh, which one do you want to start with? Uh, well, I'm on fire. I can do Mansion of the Doomed right now. Let's just go. All right, let's all do right. Mansion of the Doomed. All right, all right. You got a little uh, QSM with something? Dr. Cheney desperately wants to restore his daughter's eyesight after she has lost it due to an injury and car accident. So desperate that only the eyes of unwilling living donors will do, and he sets out to gather them by any means necessary. All right. Yeah, all right. Um, I really like this movie. You know how Last House on the Left is like the the American drive-in cover of The Virgin Spring? Well, this is just like the American drive-in cover of Eyes Without a Face. Have you ever seen Eyes Without a Face? Yes. It's a great movie. Uh, far superior to this, but this is still this is still pretty cool. Andrew, did you like Mansion of the Dooms? It was cool. I kind of thought it was. Uh, for some reason, I kept on thinking it was like Doctor Death, but with eyeballs or something. Okay, what about you? <laughs> what about you, Joe? I I like the idea of it, but I think it, the idea was stretched out too long. All right. Oh, that's that's all right. That's weird because first of all, when the credits rolled. And the first credit I saw was Gloria Graham. I was kind of like taken aback really quick. I did not expect to see Gloria Graham in Mansion of the Doomed. I'm I'm guessing this is like one of her last movies before she finally died. What did she play in this movie? She was the doctor's wife, like uh, her yeah. uh, servant. And uh the nurse too. Yeah, now. like his very loyal to the end. I, I I don't know how he talked her into helping him do this the whole time. Yeah. They didn't really cover that too well. And I wanted to clarify by saying when I said it's like Dr. Death, it's just because he keeps on trying the same thing over and over again. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean... Yeah, yeah, that's true. He doesn't have as much colorful dialogue. Uh, Instead of saying, get in that body, (laughs) it's more like, get out of those eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have a very young Lance Henriksen. Yeah. Um, Who still was, like, old even then. Yeah, Lance Henriksen always looked old. Um, I love that man, though. uh, Stan Winston. Special effects, effects, which were which were uh, very solid. Um, What's probably overly abundant, I might add. Yeah, I I, I wanted to talk about the effects on the face for a little bit if you want to. But or you got something on the? Yeah, we we we're we're getting there really quick. The director was Michael. Can you pronounce his last name? Pataki. Pataki. He's only directed two movies. Mm-hmm. This, and then right after this, he directed a semi-musical, soft-core version of Cinderella, which I have not seen, but it actually sounds... Uh... No, he directed something else, too. What? What else did he direct? He directed Grave of the Vampire. No, he didn't. I thought he just was in it. I thought he directed it. No, he's the vampire. Yeah, but I thought he also directed it, did he not? Not that I'm aware of. I'll look that up. You you do that. You're on that right now. You already got your first gig. Um, he was in, but he's in Grave of the Vampire. He's in Dead and Buried. He's in Graduation Day. He's in Halloween 4. And he's in the John Saxon-directed Zombie Death House. Which I don't know why John Saxon directed Zombie Death House, but... Well, Joe, final verdict? As usual, you are correct. Yeah, yeah there we go. There we go. Um, this was, I thought it was a, like, I, I remember like in my head he had directed it. Like it was like a vanity project. Like, yeah. Nope. All right. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, this is Charles Band's first direction. Uh, we all know Charles Band's, um, he's probably known to the world as the guy who decided that the world needed an onslaught of killer puppet doll movies. Uh, Puppet Master mm. 1 through, what are they, at, like 62 now? Something like that. It's up there. I think there's only like five of them. <laughs> no, uh, okay. no way. There's definitely more than five <laughs> Puppet Master movies. There's like there's at least like Puppet Master till 7. They fight demonic toys. They just made a Puppet Master movie like uh, uh, last year. That is true. The only reason I know is because Fabio Frizzi scored oh, it. Oh, yeah. That was like the one reason I was going to see that. Oh, Joe's already on it. Once again, you are correct. Yeah. There is 57 of them. <laughs> Wait, no. Wait. I didn't think no. you were going to be that yeah, close. I, no, I, yeah. that, was, that was my, my no. hyperbole is no. fucking coming back No, but there is me. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, not including the new one. So there's like oh, 11 or 12 and, of them. Yeah, and I thought there was like a remake somewhere. In the- <laughs> I re- because I remember Puppet Master because I re- when I would go to the video store, that was like... The, the one video store by my house, they would get all of them. Uh, not Orbit Video. We had we had two mom and pop video stores. We had Orbit Video and, and uh, Movie Madness. Movie Madness was all right. It wasn't nearly as cool as Orbit. But the guy there, because he knew I liked horror movies, every time they'd get the new Puppet Master, he'd like do like a hard sell on me, yeah. and I never <laughs> rented any of them. I've seen. I've never seen a Puppet Master all the way through. I've seen like clips or like you know like sci-fi channel would play them and i'd see like pieces of them and i never really i i want to say if memory serves but i think that the second one is 
actually pretty solid. Okay, I might look into this. I, I am. I am, like when when the when the new one came out, it kind of like made me like curious to maybe go back and see the first couple of them because it had been since I don't know. I was probably like ten or something like the last time that I had seen yeah, I, a lot of them. I don't know what it was. They always looked like cheap and dumb to me, and like all the kids that knew I liked horror movies in school. Like them and Leprechaun were like the movies that they would come like, oh yeah, you like horror? Did you see that Leprechaun three? Kind of in that same category. Yeah, it's just like this is like very schlocky, cheap, straight to video stuff. Well, the Charles Band also did Taurus Trap, right? Yes, that okay. came that came after this. All right, I'll take Taurus Trap because Taurus Trap I think is a pretty pretty solid movie. Well, if we're if we're just counting dis- distribution, um, well, I don't. You know, yeah, we, I know, yeah, but we got Reanimator. In yeah, there, but he did, he didn't like, really have. Yeah, I know that was Brian Usna, and uh, uh, do you want to know before we get? Uh, I know we're we're digressing a little bit. Yes. But you want to know a funny story about Taurus Trap? I was reading Charles Band interviews in preparation for this. Um, he was friends with John Carpenter, and uh, while he was making uh, Taurus Trap which he had a budget of 380000 for, he went and visited John Carpenter while he was making his new movie, which only had 300000 And he was like, oh, hey, my movie's got $80,000 more and Chuck Connors, a star in it. And John Carpenter's like, oh, yeah, you know, he got me there. And uh, Charles Band's movie turned out to be Tourist Trap and John Carpenter's turned out to be Halloween. So I think uh, Carpenter kind of won out in the in the long run there. Slightly. Yeah. But he had Donald Pleasance. Like I, if I had to choose between Chuck Connors yeah. and Donald Pleasance to be in my horror it's movie, I'm taking day, Donald Pleasance. Um, all right. So anyway, back to Mansion of the Doom. Do you know what I really, really, really liked about this movie? It's Eyes Without a Face, which is essentially... Well, in Eyes Without a Face, it's it, it's her it's her face instead of her eyes. I guess they just switch it up there. But you know, Doctor trying to fix his damaged daughter. What's cool about this one, though, is that in montage form, they get all the exposition out of the way in like the first five minutes. And while I was watching, I was like, "Thank fucking god!" Like you didn't just spend like forty minutes explaining a plot. We all already fucking knew. You know, even if you hadn't yeah. seen Eyes Without a Face, like the back blurb of the VHS, you got a gist of what's going on here. And rather than just wasting all our time, just in five minutes, it's like, "Yep, yeah, this is what happened." We're gonna fill it out in a little montage, and that's it. I think that ends up kind of being a double-edged sword for it, though. Why? Why do you think that? Because as I as I I stated up top, I think that the the idea is stretched too thin, and the fact that they do have a zippy opening that you know gets us to the action pretty fast only serves to make the next you know seventy five minutes seem. Overly monotonous. I, 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 I know where you're going through, and like the second act, like the middle of this movie, is kind of like the low point. But it never gets like awful. It's not, you know, no, totally. It, it tedious. is repetitive, though. It, yeah, it is, it's but not, not in like no, there's, a, there's actually like it's not awful at all. It, I, I just think that if this was an extended short. Like if this was like kind of like uh, like Night of Fear, where it's like you know just like a forty five fifty yeah like minute, a novella right like it, it like it would be 
dead on, but it's just yeah. it, it's like thirty minutes too long for me. It's just literally for, from I'm trying to like from what I remember, it's just the montage and then him. Kill, or capturing people, taking oh, out their eyes. Give and, me them eyes. That's, and then till the end, until people escape, pretty much. They're, they're, um, spoilers. That was the... <laughs> we, we already announced spoilers. I right? just keep I on doing it, just in case. Okay, well, um, w- what what was really funny was, in the beginning, Lance Lance Henriksen is the first victim. Yeah, who's actually the fiancé. Yeah, which, which I think is also a mistake. That to the make movie. him the fiancé. Well, well, when, well, that's what I... No, to make him the first victim. Uh, well, that's what uh, I thought at first. And I was like, oh, no, Lance Henriksen's dead now. And I'm like, oh, man. I thought too, Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, a few minutes later, him. he pops out of nowhere as this eyeless, like, okay. desperate, yeah. crazy dude that's trapped in this cage in the basement. And then not only that, like he keeps getting like yeah. new people in there because you know obviously it didn't work and he's going to keep going and keep going and of course this cage in the basement is just getting filled up with these eyeless people and <laughs> yeah. those are the best scenes of the movie I think. When yeah. they, I'm sorry, go ahead. When they reveal him and he just like pops up, yeah. and it's like when they do that that close up of his face and he's like blinking but with like the sockets of his yes, eyes yes. i thought that was pretty great oh the, the all the eyeless people look like haunting it just it's I, they made it interesting they got the the face is kind of big around the mm-hmm. eye area so it could look gruesome yeah but <laughs> when it, it does work i mean i like it I, I i mean it's not perfect but it's still effective like it still gives you like that nauseating it, look it looks like the after party from the devil's reign like <laughs> yeah. like after everyone's fucking hammered and it's like five in the morning yeah. if if the blinds people and people who own the dark looked like that uh uh people that who own the cool. dark would have been a lot cooler yeah. i think yeah and it, even though like you know that everything's bigger because of the the prosthetics or whatever like the makeup on uh, it just kind of looks they, they kind of look infected and stuff yeah right, too. So uh, it works uh yeah i mean more well, to Maybe they're not getting like the proper post eye removal treatment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They might they're be looking at like, in a fucking yeah, exactly. electric cage with like eight other yeah. eyeless yeah. people. Yeah. But um, but no, like when you're when when they're filming those scenes, like those people, like all the actors that play them are really good. Like you can they they're scared and desperate, <laughs> and it, it I I think it's really effective. At least it worked for me. I like the interview process as the doctor is oh, like interviewing yeah. people, and then it'll go to close up of their eyes. Yeah, and <laughs> I just love what like the one girl is talking about how uh, she's like an orphan or something. He's mm-hmm. like, he's like, oh, so no family. Yeah. <laughs> he just gets all excited. <laughs> um, so to 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 go what you were saying, the second act, it's him picking up other people. Doing the eye surgery, it not working, him picking up other... Or, 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 I forgot about it. He dumping the eyeless husk of a patient into the basement with Lance Henriksen, who's kind of loosely plotting his escape, which is, you yeah. know, really cool. It does get repetitive, but it, there's one scene where he tries to pick up a little girl at oh, a playground. Oh, wow, yeah. And that scene really, like, kind of unnerved me. Because it really felt like you were watching like uh, uh, an older man trying to pick up a young girl at a at a playground. Yeah. It's like, and yeah, he lured her in with the uh, the promise take, of Disneyland. Yes, yes, and uh, it it just felt like too yeah. cl- too true because the movie doesn't have like a 
wacky soundtrack or like little bits of humor or anything. The movie's played like cold and straight. So like that scene especially was just like Ugh, that was a little too grimy for me. That's true. Which, thankfully he is unsuccessful. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, she gets he, away. He uh he accidentally runs into two uh hillbilly drunks <laughs> that um I follow him back home. Yep. And, and then yeah, and then I mean the plot continues, I guess. Of them getting their eyes taken out and dumped into the uh, one of only two times that hillbilly drunks have saved somebody. I like the little joke that they set up for themselves, where uh, where he, they're basically like, "We're going to take this money." She, he offers them hush money, and he's like, "We're going to take this money and have a drink with you." And he's like, "And then you'll never see us again." Yeah, like, oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it when like he is like he's going to give him the hush money he's like a thousand dollars and the one guy's like shit i would have taken 500 (laughs) the one the other the other uh drunk in the movie is the only one to escape him besides the little girl uh and he has this like sneak attack where he just beats the shit out of him with his bottle i'm trying to remember that part you don't remember he's like picking he's walking around like what's like the seedy like 40 seconds Oh, yeah, yeah, and he's like okay. trying to talk to this like a drunk guy, very, yeah. very. Uh, like, oh yeah, you're a doctor and you have money and beats the shit. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Him. And just takes. A- yeah, that was a pretty funny little part that they snuck in there. So finally, Lance Henriksen this whole time's been kind of like scratching at the wall and then like covering it up or like leaning against it when somebody comes in, and finally they have like a little tunnel they chisel out, and that's like the the grand escape scene. Mm-hmm. And like I I liked it. I was like. I didn't know how it was going to play out. Yeah. I didn't think it was just going to be like the ending right there. I mean, it was it was only like forty five minutes in the movie, so yeah. When the one lady started running towards like the highway, I'm yeah, like, Uh-oh. yeah. <laughs> but the the yeah, first they sent one lady out, and then like I, I was wondering like why are they only sending one? Like all of them leave and like go, go outside yeah. and cause chaos. Yeah, you know, just start screaming catch and, them all. Yeah. yeah, start beating cars and whatever. Exactly. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I would. I, I like how everyone of, ignores the two ladies, or the, yeah. like they're just running away from this. Yeah, guy, like this lady with like missing eyes and inflated <laughs> sockets. I guess uh, nobody could really see her. Yeah, <laughs> like when when uh, the one. <laughs> The one lady fucking gets hit by the car, and then it just cuts to to him standing like off, like by <laughs> by like the like, like the park walkway, and he just sort of does like the uh, the slowly turn hand on the neck number and just yeah. starts walking away as if he had nothing to do uh, with that. They effectively kind of made him. Uh, to, to be like this madman who really didn't want to hurt these people. He was just saving his daughter, and like in the end, it w- he was going to save all them too. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> he, he just, I think he had delusions of grandeur, grandeur, and just could not like face reality. He, he yeah, he was, he was losing his mind to yeah. the truth. As to, as to say, yeah. poor daughter though. I just thought, like, uh, after all the surgery, there's like how many people had to well, be, eyes did he take and try to put in his daughter? That's what I was thinking. I thought like at the end maybe they were gonna do a neat little thing where like she finally will see and all like the after like 14 surgeries, her face is just completely disfigured yeah. where she just can't like stand the sight of herself right. and that drives her crazy. I thought that would yeah been, like, that cool would have been ending. pretty good yeah. Um, there's a there's a cool little uh, 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 visual where he's like remembering his daughter like as like a baby 
and then like it slowly like that image slowly like shrinks away into like the size of a pinhole and like fades out mm-hmm. and i was like oh that's that's a little like flare there but yeah. not much of that the movie doesn't really have any like you know it's not like bava or anybody no not at all it was a neat idea, though. I enjoyed it. I, I mean, it's not the. It's far from the greatest thing we've covered on here. But like, I was, it, it was, it was under ninety minutes. Uh, Still too long. <laughs> I liked it. I did like it. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Like, it, it was very, like, very manic and 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 very, you know, like, I don't know. It was just like it, it, it was very. Like wallowing in itself, which which I liked, but it just it, it it was just the same thing like for too long. I think if they had like a really cool set piece halfway through, like if it, one of the people he was stalking had like a cool cat and mouse scene, yeah, something to break it yeah, up, yeah, yeah, something to like color it in. Maybe that's what the 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 homeless guy was supposed to be, and it just yeah. The, you know, maybe they hired a real homeless guy who yeah. just beat the shit out of him and stole his money and ran off. <laughs> You're making a movie. This guy guy had money. Uh, this movie was AKA the Eyes of Doctor Cheney, House of Blood, and in the UK it was Massacre Mansion, which is <laughs> a great one. I like Mansion of the Doom the most out of all the titles. I thought that. They had a thing with with the word massacre. That's probably why I'm going to get this. This was in the video nasties. Uh, it was seized and confiscated, but it was never prosecuted. That's Where, like, ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> but you know, but I think the video nasties in general was pretty ridiculous. Oh yeah, it is. But I mean, this especially. Like, come on. All right, you want to know something about the video nasty thing? All right, last house on the left. Um. Mark Kermode, the BBC film critic, uh, when they were when Last House on the Left came back in this like on trial, to, I want to say like two thousand. Let's I'm throwing a number two thousand eight mm-hmm. uh, to see if it would pass being able to be released uncut. Mark Kermode actually went to uh, wherever they do that, whatever court picks that, and talked about the movie and why it's important, why it should finally pass on cut. The movie was already released, but it was like missing like a minute. Mm-hmm. Well, after Mark Kermode's like little like plea for it, it was still, you know, released, but now with like two and a half minutes on cut. He's like, I did the worst thing I could possibly, you know, he's like, I'm trying to get this movie released uncut. Yeah. I sing its praises and they look at it and they're like, Duh, that's even worse than we <laughs> thought it was. I snip it even more. <laughs> uh, Charles Bander read an interview, um, although he's not credited and he's claiming that John Carpenter edited this movie. Uh, but the, I looked up the guy who did edit the movie and he he's an editor he has like a, a career he hmm. did like back to the future something or other i am gonna say i don't buy that do you think charles band would be a liar i'm gonna say i don't buy that <laughs> so you're saying he's a liar yeah i think he's making that up or maybe I would Carpenter just, did something yeah, for it. Yeah, maybe he did, like, the work print. But... Or he was there. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure if John Carpenter... John Carpenter, at that time, editing this movie... Would have taken the credit? Would have, A, taken the credit, and, B, probably would have said to somebody, 
you know, you got to shoot some other shit because this is too much of the same thing. He, or maybe he would have added a cool score to it. Yeah, that would have been a lot cooler. Or maybe he would have inserted, like, gotten a scene inserted of him shooting a girl in an ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> he he edited uh, Assault and Prison 13, but didn't take credit for it. He he, yeah, because, but that's his. Yeah, he thought that uh, having too ma- his name on the credits too much made the movie look like, like cheap or l- low budget. Yeah. yeah, so he took the name of John Wayne's character from Rio Bravo, John Chance. Well, there you go. Um. Yeah, there's not really much to talk about this movie. I mean, like, it is what it is. It's once you realize what it is, that's what it is for an hour and a half. But it does it fairly. Like, um, it's it's not great, but hey, yeah, it's kind of blah. Yeah, (laughs) if somebody made like just like a like cut it by half. And made like an edit of it that way. I I, I would really enjoy it. Or, or or you made it. You you cut it down to yeah, like forty five minutes, and it was like a Tales from the Dark Side episode or a Tales. From, you, yeah. What was the hour? What was Tales from the Dark Side an hour? I know Tales from the Crypt was a half hour. Tales from the Dark Side. <sighs> Fuck, I don't even remember. It's been so long since I've seen any of the Tales from the Dark Side episodes. I feel like they were longer, but I don't know if I'm just making a that kid. up in my head. Do you remember Monsters? I remember the existence of Monsters, but I don't think I, I remember ever watching I it. saw like two or three episodes um, when I was kid. It was on Sci-Fi Channel like in the morning, but like when you were already at school. It was like at 10 or 11 in the morning, but I was sick like I had the like the fever uh for a few days in a row like where I was just like I was in bed I was not moving and I discovered that was the show that was on and the only one I remember was like it was like a monster in a cave and one guy had a pickaxe that could kill it cuz his pickaxe was like made out of copper and the other guys like pickaxes were like newer and didn't have it wasn't copper, but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like it was like made out of an element that could destroy the monster, and that's why he was the one guy. But I can't remember any of the other episodes. But I do remember watching that one specifically. Hmm. But it's out on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, and I should check it out. Yeah. Huh? Should we wrap up Mansion of the Doomed? Because it looks like it's boring you to death. <laughs> I kind of like the ending of the movie. No, I just don't know what else to say oh, about it. Just desserts. Yes. Well, it's and also just like the very ending where it's just like the people get out and they're, they're just wandering around. around yeah, I mean, what? what's going to happen? Do you think he kept the eyeballs? Well, the ones that didn't work? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe just like <laughs> throw Maybe you go outside. They're just like smashed against the side of his house or something. He probably just drove down the highway somewhere and just chucked them out the window as, <laughs> as he went. It would, there would have been a great scene if there was like it would took that's place what i do in in halloween and the like, kids are trick-or-treating and he just kept giving them eyeballs <laughs> yeah see that like something yeah, so, like that yeah. in there would have added so much <laughs> uh all right so you want to go to the next one holy shit you know what we forgot and that's why this feels weird we didn't do what have we watched recently we can yeah. talk about it at the end okay i mean we can do it right now in between movies if okay you want. yeah let's do that now uh joe what have you seen recently you go first i gotta think about it okay i saw 
the possession of Hannah Grace, which is uh, oh boy the the uh, that that subgenre of of movies where it's um, much like how Mansion of the Doomed was in that subgenre of like mad surgeon like eyes without a face and do you remember Faceless the Jess Franco. 80s one yeah yeah that was that but that was like eyes without a face where it's a disfigured face again mm-hmm. um the this this is the subgenre where it's like the possession of or the exorcism of or the haunting of or the the spooky time of and they're all garbage generic white girl name like it's um yeah and this this was i was hoping that would be like when i saw the nun where i was like yeah it was trash but the theater was filled and all the kids were screaming and having fun i'm like oh yeah there was like 16 other people in here and it was just it was like a, a redo of that movie we saw like a year or two ago called The Autopsy of Jane Doe oh, right, yeah. which wasn't like any great shakes although I, I kind of enjoyed like the first half of it it was yeah. really the second half that I, I kind of fell mm-hmm. out of it this one's just like a dump from the beginning the the the, the, <laughs> the villains uh, uh, your typical like scrawny pale thing with like elongated limbs that like it's just straight out of creepypasta.com mm-hmm. just doing jump scares and it, it was trash and i've also seen oh anyway so yeah but except the fact that like when i'm sitting there in the theater 16 other people silent except there's this old guy that's like three rows behind me who was like into it? Yeah. Like I, I don't know if like in his like seventy years he's never <laughs> yeah. seen a horror movie, but like when like the blatant thing that's going to happen is about to happen, he's like, oh shit! I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, dude, I've seen this. I'm, ha- <laughs> you know, you didn't see that coming. Like, you've not seen a movie before. <laughs> like, <laughs> are you like a mansion of the doomed guy, and they just put your fucking eyeballs back in? <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Um, and I saw, uh, this movie would make a great double feature with the green slime. It was called terror beneath the sea and it had a very young Sonny Chiba before he was credited as Sonny Chiba. He was just Shinichi Chiba. Mm -hmm. Um, and a pretty blonde, uh, discover an underground underwater lair where this guy is turning people into fish people, the cyborg fish people, and is going to rule the world, uh, after, I guess he's going to nuke the planet and everybody has to live in his underwater lair. And <laughs> it's it's fun. It's like, it's like that green slime kind of energy too and it's just when stuff's going down, Sunny Chiba has to like Sunny Chiba these these <laughs> you know fish people monsters. Uh, that and sounds it, amazing. It's actually. great. It's only like an hour and eleven minutes, so yeah. it like gets in and gets oh, out, yeah. and it has this. And the plot line, it feels like a very like second Doctor plot line mm-hmm. where it's you know like the second Doctor. Uh, they were trying to replace the Daleks um, because the guy who created them wanted to go off and do his own like TV show with them, so he okay. wasn't licensing to the Doctor Who too much. So they had like almost every second doctor serial there was like a brand new monster they were trying to find the one that would catch as to be like a replacement and that's what it felt like it had the you know uh uh lair the the madman's like giant billionaire lair with like tons of corridors for the people to run through um he had his you know plan of domination and his weird monsters that were going to help him do it and uh, overall, it was very enjoyable. There was like a cool massacre scene. All the things start going insane, and like they're they're shooting each other at pistols and spear guns. Mm. Yeah, I'd recommend it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Besides mm. that, 
Joe, did you come up with anything? Yeah. I, for some fucking reason, I watched uh, the movie Sabrina on Netflix. It's apparently tied to... The new television show? No. It's apparently tied to uh, some series about... A teenage witch? No. About... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a possessed doll. Like the, apparently, there's a doll and a doll too, and then Sabrina is like an offshoot of this. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's the usual, you know, Wait, Annabelle so you... nonsense. Uh, it, yeah, once I heard it, doll, I was it, like, it, yeah. it it has. I was thinking Kathy's curse. It it, it has some. <laughs> I'll watch Kathy's Curse before I watch this ever again. Uh, it, like it, it's a shame because it's got energy to it. Like like some of like when you see like the possessed people, it gets pretty manic, and you know those fleeting moments are are really fun. But it's it's just so I, I don't like what is it the, today? Like everything is just so fucking by the numbers. I think. It was completely uninteresting. And then actually after that I watched another uh another movie, it was a Spanish movie called The Invisible Guardian. Okay. Which is about uh it was it was a serial killer movie with a um Invisible guy? No. The but the, the, the main detective is is a woman. It takes place in in um like Basque country in, in Spain. But they had an interesting plot element which had nothing to do with anything, but just it added a little something to the character depth is that everyone is obviously is speaking Spanish, so it's subtitled, but there are scenes where when she talks to her, uh, her significant other is American. So there's scenes where when they talk, they talk in English. Mm hmm. And I felt like that was like you know, it added like a dimension. It was very realistic the way, yeah, the, the way, way that they did it, and it had a lot of potential. I thought, but it just it ended up being you know just more you know uninteresting fodder. But go ahead, go. You were about to make a point, so that oh, be, already, that, already, that'll be more interesting than either of these. I movies. already forgot, but I just realized the other <laughs> movie that I that I saw, um, and I've been meaning to see it for years, and it fits in with uh, tonight. Uh, Lance Henriksen, along with John Huston and Franco Nero in The Visitor. Ah. Oh, and Sam Peckinpah. Mm-hmm. And Sam Peckinpah's character is named Sam, and I feel like they did that because he was probably hammered. And he wasn't <laughs> responding to anything. <laughs> yeah, <else. laughs> he's like, you know, like if you called him like Greg, he'd be like, "What? Who the fuck?" So they named Greg. Yeah, Greg? yeah. but uh, that was a bonkers fucking movie. Have you seen The Visitor? Yeah. Do you like The Visitor? Yes, I did. Do you know the little girl from The Visitor? I want. Oh, I guess it's too late because both the movies are, you know, 40 years old. But the little girl from The Visitor versus Kathy from Kathy's Curse <laughs> would have been the greatest fucking movie ever made. But yeah, I was, first of all, like, when I knew, like, I, I've heard of it and I knew it had a stacked cast, but I figured, like, oh, John Huston's in it. He's in here for, like, five minutes. You know, like, they afforded to pay him for, like, two, like, a day or two of work and that's mm-hmm. it. He's in the whole movie. I'm like, just poor fucking dude was just in, like, 
Oscar-winning Chinatown a year before this, and now he's in this fucking schlock trash. And Franco Nero is Jesus. He, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Franco I mean, Nero is Jesus. He, it was enjoyable. I really liked it. It was. I was. I was hoping I would. And and he's sometimes a ninja. Yes, he is. <laughs> Franco Nero has played everything at one point. Andrew, what have you seen lately? Um. The only uh, uh, the only movie I really watched worth mentioning was Diabolic. Finally, oh okay, yeah. okay. No, I really I really enjoyed Diabolic. Yes, yeah. it's, it's one of the best fucking movies yeah. ever made. Yeah, my no, first viewing for me, and it was uh, you know it was just it was cool to see how how I don't know some of the scenes were just so tastefully grotesque, yeah. and I enjoyed. Do that. you or did were you like? How how involved were you? Were you like trying to figure out what the fuck? Is oh going yeah, on yeah, here? yeah. You no, know, I was I was like weirded out, and I was kind of uh, when when things started happening, weird things. I was kind of like, what? Did you, know? you were you convinced there was like a supernatural thing going on? I I thought so. Yeah, yeah. everybody, every, yeah. and it gets you. So it's so good. And I was like, like, is this going to turn into some weird zombie thing? Yeah, what's going on? And and the typewriter at the end. I remember like the first time I saw that, I was on the edge of my seat trying yeah. to figure out what the fuck <laughs> is going. Like it, I was terrified. Yeah, Joe, are you a diabolic fan? Yeah, yeah. It's it's though I have to admit it has been a very long time since I watched it. Do you you know what I use diabolic for? Long overdue. Um, if I'm dating a girl and I want to know if it's like if, if, if it's, it's love, if if it's going to work out, and if it's like on the third date, and we're watching a movie, I pick that movie because it's legitimately good. But it's from the fifties. It's French. It's in right. black and white. And if I put it on and I'm like, this is a great movie. This is it's fucking scary. It's cool. It's neat and everything. And she looks at it and she's just kind of like, I don't know about that. You know, it's like old. Yeah. I know it's not going to work. But if she watches it, even if she's like kind of like not, you know, about it at she's first. involved a little but bit. But then she starts like, oh, okay, I see. This is mm, great. Yeah. Then I know like, okay, I can do this uh-uh. because at least she's going to be able like she'll look at something that she wouldn't normally watch right. and it, but if it's good the five minutes she, she can cast aside her original prejudice and be like oh wow you know because i can understand like a modern human being kind of you know weird about that but then when you realize that you're watching a masterpiece like this yes I just imagine if it's a movie, the dates where you you read the room and you realize that it's just not going to work. I just imagine it cuts to her being unceremoniously shoved out of your door and then the door slammed behind her. Yeah, it's just kind of like, uh, yeah. I mean, like I, I I've done it and it, and it usually works. I mean, it's not like obviously I'm not like married. I did not find like the one or something, but it's like a good indicator of of somebody being able to look at something that they normally wouldn't and, and appreciate it. Yes, or, or or give it a shot. Yeah, you know, so that way I know because I watch lots of weird shit from all different countries and time periods that like I'm not going to have to uh you know these eight movies are out of what I could watch today cuz I'm hanging out with her you know sure but yeah so interesting yeah it is one of those movies where, yeah you know. yeah like cuz even when I first watched it was like I was going to prepare. I was like, all right, this is going to be slower. You know, I'm not going to be watching yeah. some, you know, 70s like Jallo where it's going to have some exploitable stuff to really spice it up. But then like 
I was interested. I was. In, I had seen The Wages of Fear first, so I knew like the guy knew how to make a good fucking movie. Sure. And but once it gets to the scene where they drain the pool and, and she looks at and she just like yeah. passes out, I was like, this movie's fucking cool. Like yeah. I'm involved. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Awesome payoff too. And oh my god! Yeah. Oh, the the ending when yeah. I, I I it's been years since uh, I watched it. The last time, no, actually, the last time I watched it was last winter. Um, but I I like it like the 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 end dialogue is sort of like how long do we have to 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 wait to be so we can get like all this money and mm-hmm. stuff? And then you just and hear the detective walking. He's, like, he's just like. 20 to 25 years. <laughs> yeah, guy, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, great. <laughs> well, there, the, the one part that I thought was like for 50s, you know, uh, was just gruesome is when the guy gets oh, drowned. And yeah. Like, his just head just slowly floats up. Yeah. And it's just like his nose and his just eyes are just. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. And a lot of like racy, you know, <laughs> stuff going on yeah, in that sure. movie that you, you couldn't do it in the U.S. Yeah. It's definitely a must see. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock was insanely jealous of that movie. Oh, really? That was one of the reasons why he did Psycho. He wanted the um, uh, the rights to the novel mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, uh, Clouseau is how you pronounce the French name, I think. Oh, God, I probably fucked that up. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> he got it before him and and made a movie and like people like critics were saying like this out Hitchcock's Hitchcock. Yeah. And Hitchcock did not take that. <laughs> but i mean to be fair we got psycho out of that so um well afterwards he made vertigo which was written by the same people Mm. but uh yeah that's cool yeah i love i fucking love that movie that's probably that and the thing from another world are my favorite 50s horror movies is there anything else up there 50s horror movies none come to mind i mean there are ones that i enjoy but i don't think as far as like truly like great ones yeah the first Godzilla. I consider the first Godzilla a horror movie. People think I'm fucking weird, but that movie's a horror movie. Well, I mean, it's it's grim. Yeah, it's very grim. Well, is that diabolic? Like, would you say it's a horror movie? It's kind of a thriller, right? Yeah, that, but I mean, it, it kind it's of true. But I mean, just, it's on that borderline. Yeah, it, it's it's. I I like. I think. I mean, you're probably right, but it, it, it's, I guess it still it's, fits as a horror movie. I guess it's the the fact that it could have gone like to yeah, horror, like yeah. Very hard. and and the fact that like like you said that death scene mm. is brutal. Like thrillers, kind of that's like gruesome, yeah. yeah, kind of pull their punches in that department. Mm. And that's where like the horror movie comes yeah. in, but uh, that one, yeah, it's it's unsettling. But you're right, it is more of a thriller. But why not? Why yeah. not call it a horror movie? Sure. All right, are we going to the next one then? Yeah, Joe, let's kick into The Sorcerers. Mike is looking for something new to get his kicks in life. He finds it when he meets the elderly Dr. Marcus Montserrat and his wife Estelle and is subjected to a machine that Montserrat has invented that transmits Mike's experiences to them psychically and allows them to influence his thoughts. But once Estelle gets a taste... She leads Mike down a dark path as she spirals out of control. All right, let me get this out of the way before we continue on. Second Doctor Who reference, Estelle, Boris Karloff's wife in this, looks just like the first Doctor. (laughs) Looks just (laughs) like him. Okay. And speaking of Hitchcock, she was in The Lady Vanishes. Was she? Yes, she was the nun in The Lady Vanishes. Whoa, really? Yes. Wow, I wish I... Wow, that's really cool. I love The Lady Vanishes. That's one of my favorite Hitchcock movies. 
That's in my top five easily. Um, I can understand why. Uh, yeah, I really like this. It was another. Uh, it, it was a neat movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, no, I started talking without really like forming my thought there, yeah. and I, I do <laughs> that too much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I was coming in. I I don't want to say cautious, but I was thinking like you know, uh, the, I was thinking this is going to be like. Witchfinder General. All right, it was directed by Matthew Reeves, who did Witchfinder General. Which Michael we Reeves. Michael Reeves. Jesus Christ. I was thinking Matthew Hopkins. Um, <laughs> Michael Reeves. And I was thinking, like, it was going to be like, you know, Witchfinder General is like his, like, magnum opus, which it is. But this would be like something that, like, a neat little curiosity to watch at, like, from, you know, the previous film from the guy who did Witchfinder. And I would, I liked it more than I was expecting to. It, it's a bit cheap looking in the sense that it uses like the same like it uses that club set and they have the same table every time they yeah, go there yeah. for some well and, there's a reason for that which well I'll, I'll okay get to. okay and 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 they um you can tell like boris karloff because uh, he's always he's pretty much besides like one other scene he's only in this apartment so you can tell like they shot like his two days really quick yeah but it all works. It's all effective, and it's a lot like just like Witchfinder General. It's a lot more brutal than you would expect. Like the violent scenes are just like, um, they're just like Witchfinder General. They're, they're bloody, but they're like there's no music. There's nothing exciting mm-hmm. about. You're just kind of like, yeah. There's no like the cinematography is not like action packed. It's just like mm-hmm. raw and blunt. Yeah. Yeah. The the sorcerers is kind of like. Um, the old expression, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yes, yes. That's essentially what this movie is. You know, like the doctor makes makes this machine. He He's a... Um, hypnotist. A, a, right. He, he's an expert in, in hypnosis, and he's worked in that field for however long. And he's invented this machine uh, that's supposed to you know do what it does, which is it, it grants... The, the ability of the person uh, who's hooked up to the machine uh, gets you know kind of put under under uh, under their control they can but experience also, things through them that was the neat yeah. part yeah uh, that's the part I really liked like it wasn't just like mind control but like they felt what right. that guy that's was, what was feeling. Set that's up why like I'm, this connection like where they were it was kind of both ways right it was a two-way I thing. I am gonna admit 15 minutes in this movie I was like oh I got this movie figured out this is what's gonna happen the wife's gonna control the guy to kill all the people that kind of like treated them shitty all this time I was thinking that too and his girlfriend and his friend who's who's noticing that something's up with this guy are going to find the problem and they're gonna save the day and that's not what (laughs) happened at all and I was like fuck that's cool like it, it totally caught me off guard there yeah and I was reading, and I, I never really thought about it that that much. But I've I've seen enough now to kind of like when I was reading up for it, um, that I I can kind of see it now. Uh, people have said that whether it was conscious or unconscious, that this movie in a way is sort of almost like 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 Michael Reeves projecting himself into into the movie and with the goings on sort of being like metaphorical to things in his life. Like Ian Ogilvy, 
you know who who he was friends with since since they were teenagers and like he always had him you know with him like for as an actor like kind of like his security blanket mm-hmm. sort of um if you look at the two of them they look very similar to each other like okay. like like they look like they could be related and you know some people have said that Michael Reeves was that guy kind of like uh always looking for something beyond what he was seeing going on around him and sort of feeling empty Mm -hmm. and always uh, kind of against the establishment and older generation because he felt that they were, like, strangling, like, younger people's, like, uh, in his case, like, creativity and, you know, in general, like, you know, trying to keep them down because they're not letting them explore beyond the borders of what's acceptable, which we know at that point in the sixties is that's what that time period was all about was getting, uh, getting past social norms, et cetera, et cetera. And I can see that. And I would be willing to bet that it's probably unconscious. I, I doubt that he, made a conscious effort to do that. Like, I think it was just something where it was just that part of him just kind of came out into it. Now, I don't know what the original story is like, because a guy named John Burke wrote the story, the Mm -hmm. sorcerers and Michael Reeves and his friend, Tom Baker that he wrote, which finder general with not fourth doctor, not the fourth doctor, Tom Baker, uh, they rewrote it enough to where they uh, kind of took him off of the screenwriting credit and just kind of gave him an acknowledgement of, you know, idea by mm-hmm. basically. And he apparently was not very happy about that, which I can understand. But so I, I, I don't know how different it is, but from what I understand, it, it it's pretty different. And actually, the finished movie is kind of different from what they wrote because how Boris Karloff ended up in the movie, Michael Reeves ran into him in Madrid. Okay. And much like with, as we mentioned on the Witchfinder General episode, where he just kind of went to Don Siegel's house. Yes, yes. And was just sort of like, I love you. And Don Siegel was like, okay, and kind of helped him get a foot in the door. He went to Karloff, like when he saw the, I guess, like he knew Karloff was there and he got introduced to Karloff and he was so energetic and enthusiastic and fanboy-y. Yeah. And he he was begging him to be in the movie and Karloff was so like uh, just flattered by how enthusiastic Reeves was, like not just to get him in the movie, but about his movie that he was making that he wanted to do it, but he asked them to rewrite it or at least rewrite uh, his part because Montserrat was uh, initially a very villainous character. Okay. Okay. And Karloff said that he really didn't want to do that, but he, he would do it if they would rewrite his character to be more sympathetic. Okay. 
which is why it turned out the way it did. So I don't know if the wife is as nuts in their original draft. I'm, I'm glad as she, she is because she was being... she, she's great. She has yeah. a great villainous face, right? And and you know what's crazy is that she hated the movie and like and completely really? like wrote it off and mm. and criticized her own performance and just wanted to sweep it under the rug, which I think is nuts because she's really great. Yeah, in this movie, this is this is um, around the same time Karloff did another counterculture horror movie with Targets. Yes, which, uh, this is true. Which we're we're gonna do one day. It's uh, um okay. Then I'll I won't say anything about. I that. um you know what? Another way you could look if this movie was made in the U.S. same same thing and everything, it would have probably been uh, um uh seen as a as a uh, anti-vietnam kind of allegory tale much like uh cabinet of dr caligari was with uh, world war one where it's like old people this brainwashing the youth brainwashing and youth controlling them making them kill out of their own will mm. you know and then just yeah, like I, leaving yeah. them high and dry to rot you know because yeah. what this was 67 yes yeah that was about that time mm-hmm. so the the reason why the locations are are filmed in a way that gives the impression of cheapness because it was cheap yeah is because they didn't have filmmaking permits for okay. for a lot of it so okay. much of this movie is guerrilla filmmaking yes and the club scenes they only had x amount of time to do those because it was literally done with bribery okay where the the bouncers gave them you know only x amount of time to do what they needed to do and get out before mm-hmm. it got suspicious looking yes 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 so that's why that is the way that that is because they literally only had like whatever time the bouncers told them they had to film what they needed to film and get out. That's interesting. So they were at, like they had to just go to that one corner. Yeah, that's right. it. That's I wonder all they, they had just like changed like, their hour. clothing and just yeah, like, that's most likely they again. probably ran into the bathroom and changed. And- Which th- that club, by the way, I-, I forget what the name of it is, but it was actually a very famous club. Like Pink Floyd and Jimi Hendrix cut their oh, teeth there, okay. performing at that club. Hmm. Um, the the speak of the guerrilla filmmaking, the explosion. At the oh, end, yes, end of yes. the movie, so no one, uh, <laughs> no one planned for that. I mean, they knew that obviously there were be an explosion, but nobody took any precautions because they couldn't let anyone know that they were filming that. So when they did the explosion, apparently it blew out the windows of the buildings around the area. Oh no! <laughs> that looked like a it looked like a real explosion. Yeah. Oh, it was a real explosion, and. Most of the cast and crew, like, they very quickly packed up and got out of there. Yes. After they got filmed what they needed to film. But a few people did not get away. Oh, no. And were left to have to explain themselves (laughs) to to the authorities. Uh, I guess it got smoothed over because nothing, I guess, really happened with it. They probably just maybe had to pay damages for the windows or something, but you know what I really like that that's the big climax when Boris Karloff kind of takes over and has him like crash the car uh the lady screams, but it goes right when it cuts back to the car crashing, and it was just like 
you it's almost like you can't tell who's screaming like him right that's driving or it's her and it it just it uh, something about it just kind of like chilled me it, it was very effective and there were no doubles by the way no one had a stunt double oh so when he's like beating the, the hell out of people with yeah. His, yeah yeah you gotta be extra careful there um can i can we just get the elephant out of the room real quick yeah i don't know what elephant that is but okay the main character works in a place called the glory hole oh okay <laughs> yeah was... what is a glory hole and not a glory hole does anybody know that no idea because i assume that the place was it was an antique shop yes so it wasn't like named after a place where you insert your penis and have a stranger suck you <laughs> off i'm sure of I this don't think i so. am sure yeah. um uh, well, maybe with that, that whole conversation that he has with the guy about the phone, maybe the guy didn't like. Oh, I, I was actually what he was being given I in was, the glory hole. I was and- I, I was wondering about that because the guy came, kind of looked in, walked in, didn't seem to really be interested in the shop, but wanted something clearly. <laughs> yeah. And my mind's like, wait a second. Yeah. What's going on here? It's, did he see glory hole? And it's just like, wait, where's the stall? <laughs> Yeah, it could have been. But when did the glory hole go from whatever it was? Can you look that up? See, look up what glory hole okay, was. You, let me just like allowed. You are asking Joe to look up glory hole yes. on the internet. Okay, but put up. See if there's something that comes up besides. What come up with Joe. <laughs> I need to know. It has to be something besides. You know, let's find like, out. Yeah, the, dick the, picture. Dick picture. <laughs> All right. Here's the history. Um. Here we go. I am not excited to see what's about to happen. Um. Here. Okay, there are Wikipedia entries. Okay, there you go. So we have glory hole glass blowing, the second furnace in glass blowing used for reheating. Okay, mining. Surface depression produced by block caving in underground mining. Petroleum production, a type of underwater excavation. excavation. Glory hole spillway, a design of an uncontrolled spillway. uh, Colloquial name for the spillway in California's Monticello Dam. Then other uses we have sexual slang. Okay, well we uh, sure we covered that. And uh, title of an album by a Texas noise rock band called Ed Hall. They probably suck. Uh, Glory hole and untidy cupboard. Informal use. That that's most likely it. That I'm I'm gonna guess that that's probably what it was. And then there's. Uh, a French name that I will not pronounce. A site known as Glory Hole to British soldiers in World War One. So yeah, I'm gonna I wonder s- what they did there. say that it's probably the untidy cupboard. 
I'm going to go with you that. Now, when Glory Hole became a place where you insert your penis to have a stranger uh, orally please you, do you think all those other ones, they just had to, like, scratch that off of what they Like, all the people, like, what, what did it excavate? Petroleum? Was there a memo that went around? Well, I mean, like, I eventually, like, <laughs> as, like, the old crew was, like, retiring, the new people came in, and they're like, oh, yeah, go to the Glory Hole room. They're like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> you know, maybe we should change the name there. You know what? Something about this movie that that I, I I particularly enjoy is the acting. I think that the acting is really strong yeah. for something like this. And everybody's uh, sympathetic, except Estelle. Well, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I guess you can maybe have a sliver for Estelle because of you know they they allude to yeah the way were, that they've lived up to that point. Yeah, they've been but like I I would have had sympathy for her if she was using him for vengeance as opposed to just like cheap kill thrills well it's interesting because she kind of like she had like two things going on when she started kind of taking control and one was yeah the ecstasy of first stealing and then speeding and then murdering and then she also liked competing with uh boris karloff and like who can control this guy who's the stronger i don't know telepathic person i thought that was cool I have a very sweet Boris Karloff story. Um, when he was doing the original Frankenstein, there's the scene where he uh, confronts Dr. Frankenstein's wife and chases her around. She came up to him before they shot that scene. She's like, you know, you you look very scary in that makeup. I'm going to be legitimately terrified. And he told her, he's like, okay, just off camera, um, look at my hand and I'm going to wiggle my pinky at you just so you know it's me and that you're not really in any danger and no harm's going to come to you. Seems. I thought that was a cute, sweet thing. Yeah, everybody that has I've read like recollections of him said that he he was a very sweet, like gentlemanly person. Well, well the the thing was like even though like Frankenstein's what he was known as, he did like 80 movies before and that's not an exaggeration. He was like in a shit ton of movies and then he you know, he was acting. It was how he made his living, but he was not making like big bucks. Um Frankenstein turned him to a household name and typecasted him. And he always said, he's like, I don't regret that at all. Like, it, yeah. being typecasted meant I had work for years and years and years. Because yeah. every time they wanted that guy, they knew exactly who to get. And I was willing to do it. Whatever sure. put, you know, bread on the table. Yeah, that was kind of how, how Peter Cushing saw it, too. Yeah. That he never minded, you know, being the horror movie guy. Because he just viewed it as, well, that's what the fans like. And, yeah. you know, just, you know, I'll ride with them and... I'll get paid and everybody will be happy. That's yeah. how he uh, he did Star Wars. He was going to actually do some like theater thing that was like more prestigious and whatever. And he's like, you know what? No, I think kids would just enjoy seeing Star Wars more, whatever this dumb space movie is going to yeah. be. And then, lo and behold, me, you know, it definitely. Uh, yeah, paid I'm off. sure that yeah. was a nice surprise. Yes, a nice, you know, come from behind paycheck. Yes, for that. yes. Um, yeah. Peter Cushing's the best villain in Star Wars. We've had this conversation. Okay, good, good. Because I don't give a fuck about that black robot or hooded man. Or you're like Peter Cushing's like legit fucking cool and scary. Yeah. Um, do you think getting back to the sorcerers? Uh, I guess it tie it ties into 
you know, what we were saying, like whether or not Michael Reeves had projected himself like into the the character of of Mike in the movie. But do you think that if they had tried the machine on someone else, it would have had as good an effect? Because Mike is kind of almost he's looking for that. Yeah, like he's almost like a blank slate walking in. Like he just has nothing yeah. like going for him. Like he just like he he has like he just is like a hollow kind of dead soul yes. already. Well, I think that's. I wonder if that is why his friends kind of like they don't really question him acting weird so much. They just kind of, you know, they're, yeah. like, they're like, he's acting kind of strange. He's always but to like, himself. I wouldn't put it past him to be this, like, psycho in a yeah. way. Because, yeah, he is odd. I, I knew this movie was going to be, um, go a little further than I kind of expected to in, in the beginning when Boris Karloff finally walks into him and starts at, and he says, like, what are you pitching? Like, blue movies? Which was back in the day, that's what porno movies were. Oh. I'm like, oh, you got this in the dialogue. So it's going to be a little bit more racy than I than I was expecting. Hmm. And his girlfriend's gorgeous. And yeah. when they go to that pool, it's, uh, it's a highlight. <laughs> yeah, the, the interactions between him and and women in the movie are particularly kind of uncomfortable in a lot of spots. He's a bit sleazy. Just a tad. A bit womanizing. Yeah. A little bit. Um I love it when the uh the guy uh his friend gets a call from uh, from the our main character's girlfriend and he's working at a shop mm-hmm. and the older guy at the shop's like damn to be young again. Yeah. Like make sure she's on the pill. Or yeah, something. yeah, oh yeah. That's the other line. Yeah, <laughs> I I never noticed th- this, uh, but I read it again when I was looking up stuff for the movie. Okay, it's very minimalist in in the music department, as you yes. pointed out. There's yes. hardly any. But what is on there? Uh, Paul Ferris, who did the Witchfinder General score. Uh, he he supplied for the movie. Somebody pointed out. Uh, oh fuck! I forgot to write down. I I'll have to in you know a post somewhere like credit them f- for this. So I mean, this isn't my idea, but I I, I forgot to notate who actually who I read this. Just from. steal it. But uh, <laughs> that that his score like at times pops up. It chimes like a death clock. Oh, like, when. Okay shit is going wrong at different points and i guess like leading up to ultimately the you know big finale that goes on with the car Mm -hmm. and the wrestling Mm -hmm. for the control Mm -hmm. and the ultimate charred bodies yes (laughs) (laughs) It, it was it was also pointed out when i when i was reading that Part the, as you pointed out, it like how like Karloff probably got like two days in there like yeah. to film. Well, they specifically had it so that him and um, and Catherine Lacey could basically do their scenes just from sitting at a table, mm-hmm. be, as like a consideration to them being elderly, yes, like yes. to make to make things a little easier for them. Like they had it so that they didn't have to do much and that was you know that that, that, it, that it was by design rather than them just not 
knowing like what to do. I I I really enjoyed when they first start controlling him and they make him go into the kitchen and break the egg and like the way they cut back and forth and like there's like this music that's like it makes it like upbeat and fun and I, it caught me off guard because I was like oh this is gonna be a little bit lighthearted there's gonna be some like high drinks and stuff and it does not take long for it to get like grim. <laughs> yeah, the 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 whole thing with this movie like I I maybe I guess you have to see it in in full once to really know it but it's kind of like like once you do like you like you realize like the message is sort of like like once mike gets into you know their their control like he's doomed from moment one just like in the way that the fact that 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 Marcus made the machine in the first place, it was doomed to cause misery from yeah. day one. Do you think that the movie is anti-establishment or anti, you know, anti-establishment? Why would it be anti-anti-establishment? Because there are, are times where it almost seems like 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 the uh moral ambiguity of the of the you know the young generation is being questioned it, rather than the establishment it, it, itself it's sort of like um the phrase uh idle hands are the devil's plaything right i i can see that but you know what be that kind of like jaded you know uh wasted youth thing is 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 a part of growing up you know that's that's something that's always going to be there i think trying to control people's minds is definitely the the villain here because mike even says at, at, at one point he says how long do you think all of this can last yeah and yeah, I think you can make a case either way. Yeah, it, yeah, w- yeah. Which yeah. is interesting. No, no, that, I, I prefer that rather than like I like movies like that rather than movies that are like trying to teach you a lesson and like take one side. It sort of like throws every. It's a scatter shot of everything. You can see it from. That's what fucking life is like, you know. Right. Well, th- that's what I was going to say. Like, I wonder if like if Michael Reeves was sort of making a point that like it doesn't matter because in the end you know you're all fucking worm food yeah anyway but but also like he he could be pointing a point like yeah these guys are bad but they have like their goal they're driven to do something michael reeves was a very driven person he from like when he was a kid he wanted to make movies he he flew out to california to meet don siegel to be put to work on movies you know i mean he so he was probably he could have just been saying like this is the danger of that what's that word I'm looking for where you're just like wandering you're just uh not free spirited you're you're just lost kind of like a right. a roaming soul what the fuck does your shirt say huh your shirt i can't it's a dragon sound shirt <laughs> <laughs> Watching John process this is amazing. <laughs> All right. Wait, what is that? Oh, no, 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 no. You'll know one day. Okay. You'll know one day. <laughs> when you're old enough, you'll, you'll we'll prepare you. <laughs> uh, I remember the first time watching that and, like, being <laughs> bewildered. And then Charles came over and... Uh, 
I put it on for him, but I left the room. Like I just went into my kitchen and did like what I think I was playing on the computer and just like listened to him in the background. Just be like, what the fuck is this? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember before I, I, I had even seen it because I saw it through you because, because, and Charles was there for that one yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, it was almost like it just happened rather than anyone actually actively yeah. put it on. But I remember I got a text message from you that just said, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what the hell did I do? And then you're like, I feel like you had this movie made <laughs> so that I would find it and it would ruin my life oh or whatever it was. And then you described it as like the SNL sketch <laughs> version of what those types of movies yes. uh, are. Oh my god. We're talking about Miami Connection, yes. by the way. I know yeah. that, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Uh so yeah, yeah, it's a Dragon Sound shirt. Where'd you get that? <laughs> Where did you get that? Who has that? <laughs> Uh, you know that's a good question. I don't remember. You don't remember? You just saw it. Th- and you're like, I, I have to. I have it. think it might have been a Redbubble purchase. That makes sense. That that's the most. Like, what's what's the? Hit? I did not make it, but I definitely bought it when I saw it. What's the hit song? Like, fight the ninja or kick the ninja? There, there's against the ninja, against the ninja, and then there's friends forever. Friends forever is the. Or is I think the, it's just friends, but we all know that the chorus is friends forever. You know what movie Loyalty, I watched? Honesty, and friends forever. <laughs> but the, the 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 number one scene is the is the one when the uh, black guy gets the letter in the mail and he does like one long monologue while everybody's standing behind him. And he's like crushing the letter and crying. He's like, Ugh! but before that, they run around in the room chasing him with the letter oh, and, yeah. in their underwear and towels and whatnot. <laughs> um, I watched the movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I, I recommend it. It, it. it sounds cooler than it is. It could have been really good, but still, it was still pretty neat. Roller coaster. Okay. Have you ever seen it? No. It's all right. I, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll give you the 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 general gist of it. Um, Timothy Bottoms is somebody that's planting small bombs on roller coasters so that they get derailed and crash and kill them, mm-hmm. and he uh, gets all the people that run all like the big amusement park company um companies into one room in chicago and he gives them this letter he's like give me a million dollars i'm gonna keep doing this and essentially the movie's about like the guy trying to catch him uh it's really cool there's Mm. there's a great like roller coaster crash scene in the beginning that's like fantastic and it's uh my um because when the roller coaster crashes you see each cart of the roller coaster crash someplace else and it i'm curious if that was where tarantino got the idea for death proof where when the kurt russell crashes the car it's like you see the angles yeah yeah. you see the car crash from each person's point of view and because like it was sort of cut like Uh, that like you watch this cart go that way and then it cuts back and you see this cart go that way Mm. um but uh there's one scene during the big climax there's a big uh, like uh rock band that has like that's playing a concert and like I really got into them, they were called Sparks, and uh, but yeah, it reminded me of uh, for some just talking about Miami Connection band, just made me think of that. 
Like I actually like heard the band and like, oh, I'm gonna look up that album. Nice. It was like power pop type stuff, which I'm a big fan of. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. It, like it's like I mean I'm not like to the point like not like death metal where I'm like naming bands like this album which came out in 1989 is you know blah 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 but like when my Sharona is on like I'm like that's a song I turn up loud like I like that song. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Anyway, we've two. we've definitely uh, yeah that was a big tangent right there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it needed to be addressed. <laughs> Okay. Well, I still have to check out that movie. I have not. In, in summation for the sorcerers, uh, a big uh, recommendation. Yes. I appreciate it. I really liked it. It's a neat movie. Um, yep. And that we've now done two of Michael Reeves' three movies, and we probably, I'm going to guess, will. I'm going to say uh, October will be a good time for the. Yeah. Because that it's got Barbara Steele. It's like a witch movie. It feels like that would be. Yeah. It's like his, like, it's kind of like his, like, Bava imitation. Yeah. Um, you uh, you uh, recommending this movie, you set a rule on a thing while, when I, while I'm, like, picking movies. Because it's been five movies or five episodes since we did Witchfinder General, like, that's the minimal okay. now. Where, like, if, if a director... Like a direct connection or something? Yeah, if a director directed a movie, you can't do one of his oh, real five okay. so that we not, like, we're not constantly covering the same sure. ground. Yeah, and the only reason why I pushed for wanting to do it so soon was just because I figured the likelihood that we talk about him again, like, yeah. like maybe we do the She-Beast at some point and maybe we don't was probably, you know, not going to be that high. So I figured while he was still somewhat fresh in people's minds, we would get the other notable one it, it, done it, as well. In in, in all honesty, um, looking at the two, this and She-Beast, I would have figured She-Beast would have been the one we covered. Like, that looks more like a late-night psychorama movie than mm-hmm. this one, but I'm very glad we did this one. Uh, and, and, like... This didn't get in the way because in what I originally planned for this episode was a different British sci-fi horror movie, which I've just pushed back. So it's not like we went off the rails or anything. Sure. Which it's going to be really cool when we do that episode. Um, Anything else? No. Michael Reeves, rest in peace. I know I said this in the Witchfinder General episode, but the fact that he died so young and in like the late 60s and we never got to see him go into the 70s when like movies really kind of muscled up. Yeah. I mean like even if we only got like 10 more years if he died in seven what was it 68 or 68? Yeah. If he died in 78 and we got like three other Michael Reeves like they probably he would probably be like in the, a top contender. Yeah, I mean I think we brought it up but he was going to do the Dunwich horror which yeah, in right. his hands I can only imagine what would have yeah. been yeah, it could have been. Um, so, I guess we'll end with the mansion of the doomed versus the sorcerers. Right, we don't even need to do this. <laughs> what did Witchfinder General go up against? Witchfinder General, because obviously it was the number one in that episode. Was was it Count Yorga? It could have been. I think it was. Yes, I think that was the Count Yorga episode. I'm going to say, yeah. Count Yorga versus Mansion of the Doomed. They put the two losers against each other. 
return return of Count Yorga would win. I would I, I would still do Count Yorga. I, I I just can't I just can't live with yeah, Mansion of the Doomed being like the one note over and over and I, over and over again. The, Count Yorga is not too different. Yeah, I guess, but it's more and, it's more up my alley and, than and Mansion of the Doomed is. I, I I agree with you. Although although like the like the the elements in Mansion of the Doomed I like more. Like the Stan Winston effects are great. Um, the acting's better. Like Lance Henriksen is great. He, he like when as Lan- usual. Lance Henriksen when he's freaking out, like it feels real. Like yeah. he's really in a shitty spot. Anyway. Uh, I guess that's us signing out tonight, kids. So you uh, have a good night. Well, before we go, just uh, oh, social media. Details. Yeah, you you do that. Well, I mean, it's just, yeah, we late night psychorama is our Instagram name, Facebook. How is night spelled? N i t e, and uh, that's our email address too. Late night psychorama at gmail dot com. So yeah, you know, subscribe, get at rate us. us, yeah, email us. Well, kids, something. Have a wonderful night. Good night. Good night. Friends through eternity, loyalty, honesty will stay together through thick or thin. Friends forever will be together. We're on top because we play to win.
<laughs> My favorite mortician lyric is uh, I forget. I think it's uh, I could be mistaken. I could be misquoting, but hooded or uh, morbid dwarf in hooded robe. Morbid dwarf in hooded robe. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my favorite mortician <laughs> lyric ever. <laughs> uh, 